Welcome to New Narrative Southeast Asia Dispatches. I'm your host, Bonibel Ramatan, Editorial Manager for New Narrative. New Narrative is a movement to democratize democracy in Southeast Asia, and this podcast is one of the ways we attempt to do just that. On May 18th, we released an episode talking about Indonesia's new health bill that is currently being proposed. The Indonesian government has been criticized for the hasty process and lack of access to information for the public. It's problematic, to say the least. And while some activists are seeing opportunities for reform in this bill, its potential for harm is nothing to scoff at. We've talked at length about the bill itself, so if you want to learn more about it, please listen to our May 18th episode titled The Fight for Reproductive Rights in Indonesia. You can do that after this one if you'd like. In this episode, we'll be talking about something a little more complicated. Trans healthcare in Indonesia. It's already a tricky subject, but if the health bill passes, there will be a lot more risk of criminalization and imprisonment, not only for trans people, but also for the healthcare providers and the rest of our allies. It's bleak, although, as always, we do our best to try and keep things hopeful. My name is uh, Mario Pratama. You can just call me Pama. Uh, I'm from Indonesia. I'm working with uh, Transmen Indonesia as program director. That is Mario Prachna Pratama. Tama is a feminist LGBTQIA rights advocate from Indonesia, known for pioneering Indonesian trans masculine movement and for his persistence in mainstreaming trans and gender identity issues among LGBTQIA communities, feminists, and various social movements. He has been working with grassroots trans and queer communities since 2008, specializing in knowledge building, advocacy, and program management. Hi everyone, uh, I'm Riska. Now I'm working Crisis Response Mechanism Consortium, and I'm also SDRC Indonesia that focusing on the sexuality research-based youth people. That is Riska Carolina. Riska is currently the Crisis Response Staff at Crisis Response Mechanism, or CRM, Consortium. She is the coordinator of 16 community paralegals in nine provinces in Indonesia for handling LGBTQIA-related crises. Another advocacy that she's currently focusing on is to abolish the SOGI change effort, which has been targeting more of the LGBTQIA community in Indonesia. So, here goes. Our episode in trans healthcare in Indonesia. Um, based on your understanding and what you've seen so far, um, why do you think we have to really care about this health bill? For my own perspective, this bill very heteronormative. Especially for the uh, reproductive health, are only limited to the men and women in a binary way, and are not flexible to the uh, interpretations. Considering the regulation in Indonesia excludes transgender people and the non-conforming person, it will be huge uh, gap uh, to get the sexual and reproductive health, uh, for instance, or the mental health aspect on this bill. Because if we're talking about the health bill, so we will talking about the whole four aspect of the uh, health that will be neglected by those uh, policy maker. Yeah, um, so it's, it's quite clear then that 
um, you know, since, as you mentioned, the bill is very uh, cis heteronormative, it's very uh, binary normative. Um, but in, in, in that sense also, um, there's a lot of risk for, for queer people, for um, non-binary people, uh, for trans people as well. But I want to move on to like uh, Mastama here. How much do you think has the uh, community, has the LGBTQIA community in Indonesia, um, how much have they understood about this bill, if at all? Actually, it's like, uh, I can say that it's, we don't know, we don't know about this bill. You know, it's only like small number of us who are uh, probably active in the organization or activism who recently just known about, just heard about this bill. So the community, uh, they have not heard about this at all because it's like, it, it was even shocking for me and my uh, organization to hear that uh, the House of Representatives uh, came up with this bill. So we had no idea at all. Uh, to answer your question about like uh, why it's important to understand about like this bill, because basically it affects our lives. As simple as that, you know, uh, especially with as me and the other trans community, because I'm a trans man working with a trans man uh, community. In almost our daily life, we are asking about our rights to health about discrimination that we got in all aspects of health. And then when I read the bill, uh, I, I feel like, oh shit, this is gonna put even more effect to us, you know, in a negative way. So it is very, it is affecting our life. So therefore we need to care about this. We need to pay attention on this bill. Yeah, um, Kariska, you have anything to add? This bill says something about the against values. It means that, well, queer people basically against the normative value that uphold in uh, value of Indonesia. Uh, the queer people are there in culture, culture in Indonesia. The problem is that some people say that the normative value of Indonesia it will be uh, not consider the core people, especially for this bill. It will be uh, it will become more barrier will be intake for the transgender people. Uh, that's what I want to say, uh, especially in my expertise. This is will be lots of um, for the healthcare system because it's so binary. It's only for women and men. Uh, that did not include the transgender people that have the probably different aspect of health uh, in this matter. So it will be have huge gap gap for the uh, transgender people and the non-conforming uh, individual. Yeah, um, definitely. I think. I mean, we we talked about this in in the last episode when we talked about the health bill. Also, that you know, um, looking at. Things looking at the law, looking at healthcare, especially under normative lenses, under like lenses of like when we talk about values or anything, instead of like actually saving lives, is very detrimental. But let's let's um, let's roll back a little bit um, and just give the listeners a better idea of like what is the current situation. You know, since the health bill is, is under 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 discussions and stuff like that, um, what is the current discussion of healthcare? particularly for the queer community, the trans community especially. Um, maybe Mastama, would you like to take this? Trans people are so far away from accessing healthcare. 
So it's 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 not only about transition, transitional care, uh, transitional uh, related healthcare, uh, but in general, you know, like for example, uh, many trans people do not uh, access healthcare services on daily basis because we need to uh, we need to show our ID card, uh, and then it means like you know it means like we have to be out to explain like that we are trans and then then we get uh, discriminative uh, attitudes and services. Uh, people laugh at us. They call our name in front of other patients, things like that. So many, many trans people do not want to go uh, uh, to access the healthcare, even though they are uh, in, you know, they are in need. For example, they get like panic attack or even like, they got problem with the heart and cholesterol, so it's just big no. And uh, that's the first uh, situation. The second one is also many trans people, both trans men, trans women, or even like uh, all the uh, non-binary folks cannot even afford to go to access uh, the healthcare services. Why? Because we are um, many of us lives under poverty. We cannot afford to. Uh, put some money to access the healthcare and we cannot we do not have have the access to health insurance as well so that's uh, the second the second uh, current barrier and then also you know when we talk about like uh, healthcare related to transition uh, not so many healthcare providers want to provide that you know like Many uh, many healthcare providers do not even understand about trans issues. What are trans? What are the needs? Uh, and then so that when it comes to transition, also even if the doctors have the capacity to do that, they are afraid to be criminalized or they are afraid to be you know rejected by other uh, prof professional health providers. So it's like. We have to access the healthcare related to transition, like under the table. So it's like you know we are hiding. We pay a lot to get the access that we need because it's so limited. So then uh, some hospital or clinics then uh, raise the prices, you know, because they know it's not available. The healthcare is not available. The self the services are not available. So they they raise the price so we have to pay like way more compared to uh, folks who lives in other country who have the uh, open access to uh, transition related care yeah yeah this is uh, extremely relatable for me as well because you know every time I try to access uh, healthcare services I always try uh, you know boy moding I always try to just appear um as a man and then people just get confused and all of these hassles that I'd really rather not work with and also another another side effect of like transitioning that I did not expect would have is that I'm becoming a lot more knowledgeable about my own body about my own health about my own like endocrine yeah and like my endocrine system and, and stuff like that and it's like there's a joke among uh, some of my trans friends which is like um, you know every trans people are basically forced to become their own endocrinologist to like yeah understand about hormones and stuff like that but um, yeah I mean it's obviously that's that's not ideal right I mean there are 
you know, it's it's not bad, obviously, to learn more about your body, but it shouldn't be like that. It should be the responsibility of of healthcare providers, of the of the government, of the doctors, and everything else. Um, how do you think the health bill affects this? I mean, the current situation is already bad, right? But with the health bill, there's a risk that it's it's become worse. But there's also, I think, I mean, you know. If you think like there there might be opportunities for us to push for better healthcare services, healthcare providers, um, what do you think? I don't think the bill opens up more opportunities for us trans folks or queer people in general, uh, because you know, like for example, in this current bill, they they already put the non-discriminatory value in the bill, but they do not mention specifically like. Uh, for example, non-discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. So that's the first one. So we are already been not included in that sense. Uh, also, when they uh, mention about uh, vulnerable groups, we are not there as well. Like people who uh, are uh, considered vulnerable. And then I think the most uh, scary one is that there's an article who says uh, specifically about plastic surgery uh, in which in the explanation of the bill it mentioned that reconstructive and aesthetic plastic surgery is not aimed at changing gender. You know, it also mentioned that change of sex can only be done by court decision in accordance with statutory provisions. So it's a new thing and it's very restrictive. You know, so before, yeah, I mean, like in the current situation, it's uh, the the service are not open. It's almost not available, but it's not criminalized. It's not restricted. But we, in the bill, it's openly restricting gender transitional healthcare. If your question is like, will it open up like more space and opportunities for us? I'm afraid not. Yeah, which is uh, which is which is really sad. Um, it's really difficult, but also to for it to be explicitly criminalized. That's um, not only that you know. Um, even if the understanding of like surgeries as purely aesthetic, as purely cosmetic, that's already problematic. Because for most of us, for for a lot of us, that's like that's a life or death. Because you know, like it. Yeah, it has to do with like mental, like, like severe mental health issues and stuff like that. And for it to be to be explicitly right there, uh, criminalized, that's really bad. Um, I want to ask. I want to ask Ariska though. Um, in your in your line of work, because uh, you do lots of like crisis response, right? Um, have you dealt with with all of these? Uh, you know the the consequences of these terrible uh, healthcare system uh, for for trans people and for queer people. Um, yeah, they. Definitely, they, they have like some pretty bad detrimental effects. Have you dealt specifically with crises involving these? If we're talking about the healthcare system, there are several barriers. For instance, like how difficult for the trans people to get the access for the healthcare system, and because like of the ID, for instance, and also uh, the questioning of their gender, like Katama says. And also, there's a growing number that's talking about the aspect of rehabilitation. I don't want to give the idea for the government to include 
those <laughs> into this uh, bill, uh, CRM has been uh, uh, with those several of the cases. Mostly is about the social protections that related to the healthcare and also uh, about the criminalizations for the people that people that provide the uh, care services. But again, uh, they don't have the um, education for that. They don't have uh, they don't practice um, healthcare for their entire life. It's we're talking of the very structural uh, oppressions uh, uh, for the trans people to get the education to become a doctor or something like that. There's a lot of layer that did not see by the government about this kind of case. Yeah, so it's it's not just dangerous for uh, for for trans people but also dangerous for the allies because you know when when we want to help when we want to uh, right the healthcare providers themselves get criminalized that's really 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 bad right now lots of the uh, provider that get, give their their care uh, for the trans people uh, silently but because of this bill they will be scared to perform um, or give the that services. Is. Oh God. And also uh, if I can add a little bit for the vulnerable groups uh, that mentions, because if we're talking about the article that will be affecting the, especially for the trans people, we have two uh, issue actually uh, that will be directing uh, for the trans people. In this article, in this bill, talking about the vulnerable groups, the anti-discriminations, and so on. Well, Sharia law also mentioned the human rights. All talking about the non-discriminations, but still they whip their victim. They they torture uh, the perpetrator in Aceh, for instance. And this is, will be lots of uh, persecutions and. For this, uh, uh, again, for the second article, we're talking about the aesthetic. And if I can mention about those articles, like F2, like any person who deliberately performs restrictive plastic surgery and aesthetic that is contrary to the prevailing norm in the society and aims to chase identity with the law and committing a be punished for the fine uh, uh, for a maximum of 10 years and a fine of the category uh, 6 it will be 200 uh, million rupiah and the article 7 in the paragraph 2 uh, constructive plastic surgery and anesthetic may not contradict the prevailing norm society are not aim at changing identity with the intention of breaking the law and committing crimes. But again, in their explanations in the bill that what is meant by the changing identity includes changing faces, gender, and or fingerprints. Gender, okay? Direct, uh, direct cross and the aesthetic plastic surgery is not aimed at the changing gender, but rather at adapting uh to the actual sex. The impact for the transgender woman or, or, or the, the transgender people, this article creates a legal barrier 
and potential punishment for the transgender people for seeking rec uh, reconstructive plastic surgery to align their physical appearance with their gender identity. It may differ. Uh, it may it may differ them from the access essential uh, medical procedure and force them gender dysphoria, which can have severe psychological and emotional consequence. By explicitly mentioning gender, again, this paragraph restricts transgender women's ability to undergo gender-affirming surgery that may involve genital reconstruction. It implies that such surgery are against societal norms and could as attempting to violate the law. This put transgender women, uh, transgender people, sorry, at the disadvantage by denying them to the necessary procedure to align their physical appearance with their gender identity. And, and last, this article create legal obstacle for the transgender people for seeking gender affirming surgery and potentially criminalize individual that involved in the performing or undergoing such a procedure. They perpetuate discrimination, reinforce societal stigma, and deny transgender women, transgender people the right to access necessary healthcare to um, alleviate gender dysphoria. Such a limitation can be severe psychosocial, emotional, and physical consequences for the transgender people. It will impacting their overall well-being and human rights. It is important inclusive healthcare policy that support the transgender individual um, uh, in accessing the medical care that they need to gender uh, transitioning. <sighs> Sorry, it's a little bit fiery, but um, I want people to understand this is, will be uh, have a huge impact for uh, the life of my friends that in the transgender community so yeah yeah um <clears throat> things again uh things are not exactly good um already as 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 we are currently but with this health bill it's gonna be a lot worse it's gonna be uh, a step back and as you mentioned like i was like trying to find out if there are still like opportunities but it's like it seems like the best thing we can do is like to uh to really just defend what little we have without really, you know, the, the very little that we have are just being taken away from us um, with this health bill, like, more and more, right? So I guess I guess my next question would be, like, uh, what can we do to defend this? What can we can we do to, like, um, remove these, these, these problematic articles from the health bill, for example, or, like, prevent it from coming to pass? Or, yeah, um, what do you think? Like, uh, Mastama, maybe... Uh, Okay, first of all, I think it's like uh, it's very important to educate the community, the trans community and LGBTIQ in general about uh, how this health bill are affecting our lives because people are not aware about this. So we have to build that awareness because we cannot move just like only like 10 of us. We cannot change the bill, you know, we cannot ask for like um, uh, the, the House of Representatives to revise the bill or not to pass the bill. We have to work together. So we have to ensure that the community understand what 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 is uh what is wrong with the bill, how it affects us, uh, and what what can we do together. 
So it's like, you know, building like a, uh, like a strategy together. And also the second thing is to educate the uh, people in general, the allies including, uh, about like, you know, like for example, like aesthetic surgery, yeah, or aesthetic healthcare. Uh, it's not only about trans. It's everyone is doing that, you know, everyone needs that. Why it should be different between you who are not allies and who are not trans and us? What's what's the difference between us? You know, some people wants uh, their uh, wants uh, their chin to be, you know, like they want their chin to be more, uh, I don't know, sharp or anything like, or their their cheeks to be like more plumpy, and some people wants to, you know, do the breast reduction. Uh, Aesthetically, so it's like it's not there's no difference between us, you know. It's just like it's just the level. Like we are trans people and you are not, but we are restricted and you are not. So let's 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 say something about it. So people have to understand that it's it's uh it's like a, a need who are who who is uh, which is for everyone, not only for trans people, and also uh, what we need to educate uh, to uh, the allies and the people is that this is not only about physical things. You know, as you mentioned before, Bonnie and Riska, this is about mental health. This is about life. You know, when it comes to uh, gender affirm affirming care for trans people, it's not only about changing our body it's about helping us to live our best life you know to be ourselves to this is uh by providing the best healthcare gender affirming care for trans people it means pro uh, preventing suicide for example it means preventing poverty it means it means helping us to be ourselves and then so that we can also be you know very, if we're alive, we, if we are alive, we can also contribute to the society. They need to understand that. So it's not, it's not again, it's not only about physical. It's not about not only about surgery and everything. It's more about like how to protect the life of trans people. So yeah, I think uh, that's my point. So education, both to trans people, the allies, and people in general. Probably, Riz want to add about like more in the advocacy and stuff. Oh yeah, advocacy right now. I'm second katama because right now, uh, unfortunately, this issue of the health bill did not um, uh, receive spread uh, spread well in the community itself. That. Because right now in Indonesia we have a lots of the <laughs> uh, lots of the uh, bill that will become the threats for the LGBT people. We're talking about the penal code. We're talking about uh, discriminatory local regulations that we have right now. It's like a fifty-six of local regulations that discriminate us, and this bill it's quite new and. So many articles in this bill, and sadly, uh, there's a and, 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 and it's so fast. If we're talking about the um, uh, the, the process of this uh, bill, and 
we hope that in the future, uh, uh, with uh, uh, alongside with the um, HR HR community and also for the uh, LBQ LGBT community, as well can um, together to advocate for this bill, and maybe we can have like uh, uh, one on one session, probably like hearing with the. Um, uh, with the um, ministry, um, the Ministry of Health Office, uh, that basically a little bit near neutral with our issue, um, and we need our allies uh, talking about this bill specifically for our issue because without them, we cannot have the um, connection. With those people, we hope that we can. Uh, we, I, I really hope that there's a willingness, uh, and I'm really happy that the new narrative um, have the time to invite Katama uh, and me to 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 raise our issue, and we hope that the allies as well will invite uh, more and more the organizational that talking about to. Uh, Gender people in this bill, and second, Katama, we hope that there's a strategy for this uh, bill, and we need that as ASAP because they will pass it <laughs> soon. So yeah, yeah. Also, I think we have to talk. Uh, we have we need to have conversation with healthcare providers as well. You know, because they are affected by this, and we need to encourage them to. Go with us, like be the the part of the the movement or the you know struggle. Uh, how to actually because they have the good heart and have the good intention to provide uh, healthcare for everyone, not only for trans. Basically, they are doing the non-discriminatory principles, right? So it's a good thing. So we need to involve them and have conversation with them and encourage them not to back down. You know, not to stop providing what they are providing right now. And then we need to hear from them as well because they are the expertise probably in the, in the healthcare service area and how to best, you know, move forward uh, uh, in advocating uh, these bills. Yeah, uh, about the <clears throat> not back down the healthcare services, I think, uh, yeah. We can go um, go hand in hand together with the HR HR uh, uh, um, organizations. Um, they're talking about the uh, abortion services, uh, the the these safe abortion services. Uh, that we have the same case, <laughs> actually, uh, uh, for the uh, transgender uh, people uh, for the healthcare services in this trans. Uh, in, in the in this bill we hope that uh yeah we can go together with them so it will reduce the stigma to the um queer people uh when we talk to the uh, healthcare uh provider so because we have the same thing we have we want them to not backing down um about those uh, healthcare services and and be a good ally and again it 
before that, we need to have the strategy uh, about what we will give them in return. For instance, because that's basically uh, what they ask us um, when we met them. Like, what it's in? What it's? What is it for me? If I still giving you the 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 the, the provide the healthcare system, the healthcare. What I? What is it for me? So, yeah, I think it's uh, in the next discussion with the bigger uh, allies <laughs> right now because we have the same um, same thing that we want to uh, push to them. Funny question, yeah. What is it for you? It's like, yeah, of course you're going to be like very good uh, healthcare service provider, you know. Yeah, yeah, probably we, we have to raise this in the international level as well, yeah, Riz, because yeah, uh, yeah. and Bonnie, because this is definitely, definitely, this is violating human rights. And if we talk about like trans specific issues, this is uh, these are against the uh, latest revision of uh, ICD from the uh, the uh, international uh, classified classification of disease from uh, World Health Organization, which already mentioned that trans people are not, you know, what is disorder. it? Yeah, trans, transgender are not disorder. Mm -hmm. And then uh, uh, on the other way, actually, like transgender, like gender dysphoria is uh, a condition that should be, that should be, you know, taken care by the uh, uh, healthcare providers, so it's it's a must for the healthcare providers to give us the care, the service that we need. So we need to raise the issue as well in the international level, so that we can get attention. You know. Yeah, and and like you know, um, again, as 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 you mentioned, what's in it for them? I mean. Healthcare providers have an oath to provide healthcare for for everyone without without yeah without without discrimination. And you mentioned I think not a lot of people know. I think uh, a lot of people when we say uh, trans healthcare, um, people are you know that seems kind of foreign. Well, at the same time, it's like you know, obviously the 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 specifics uh, the the purpose and everything else is might be different. But it's not but it's not a new thing. Like even hormones, cis people take hormones, right? I mean it's. It's 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 all it's all it's all right there, but like if you're cis, then you can it's free for you. I mean, not free, but like it's easy for you to access. But then if you're trans, if your life depended on it, then suddenly it gets criminalized, which is which is ridiculous. So I I do I do agree that we need to make a lot of noise and to, you know, bring this up to to a you know to an international level, get get people talking about it, get people. Um, you know, discussing about this stuff like that before, although it it will be passed really, really quick. So it's it's kind of like in a very uh, precarious situation here. So, um, in relation to that, though, what do you think? Like, if uh, yeah, we're hoping the listeners will will be listening to this podcast and, and they're gonna be like, okay, um, so I can I can make some noise, I can post on social media and stuff like that. But is there anything else that that we can do, like as allies or as trans people themselves, to to actually? Um, raise awareness about this to actually push for revisions to um, get the international community talking about this perhaps mm -hmm. uh, I don't have anything to add about that but I know you know what I'm gonna say is that we believe in collective care so you know 
the government already criminalized us for years. They already dis discriminate us for years, but we are here. We are together. We are helping each other. So the key is to keep the collective care to ensure that we are safe. We can we can still like providing safe space for one another. You know, not to also depend on the on the hospitals or clinics. You know, we can create our own space. Basically, learning from other uh, countries, other communities in the other countries. For example, Thailand. No, no, in Thailand they get the support from government, so probably it's not the uh, apple to apple. So, <laughs> probably for example, uh, UK. You know, there are now trans people. Uh, uh, health uh, gender affirm affirming care is now restricted in the UK. But you know they build their their community sp uh, space in which again we care. We take we are taking care of each other. You know and of course uh, if there are medical professional or medical practitioners uh, who are who wants to join us, they are they are welcome. You know so as you said because like. It's in front of our eyes now that the House of Representatives is going to pass the bill. Well, if there's only a little thing we can do about that, but we 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 need to believe in ourselves. We need to believe in our community as well. We've been taking care of each other for years, for, you know, probably decades. So let's keep doing that, you know. Let's keep each other safe, you know. Yeah, I, I, do, I do think it's very important to keep in mind that um, at the end of the day, we're going to have each other, right? I mean, at the end of the day, no matter what the government wants to do, they, they want to criminalize us. It's very important to fight, to move forward, to just keep pushing for like revisions and stuff like that. But I think realizing that we have each other, we're going to always, uh, at least as there's an agency for us, right? Uh, it's, it's, that's, that's where the hope lies. Um, Pushing forward together, building solidarity, but also caring for one another. Sometimes, sometimes it's just that simple uh, to maintain the hope for that. And also, uh, like Kariska, your your you know your work also has to do with like crisis response. So that that's also another hopeful aspect of of this, right? So when when people when people start to get you know criminals or or they're in crisis or or whatever or, or whatever it is. You can come in. You can you can say like your organization steps into that. So I think uh, yeah, building solidarity, building that kind of um, building that kind of collective care, as you mentioned, is very important. Kariska. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, if we're talking about the crisis, sure, uh, CRM will be involved in those crises. Will help as much as I we can to to help the crisis for the. LGBT people, but again, if it's the only crisis, there's and there's no advocacy for the better future. We will be, um, uh, what is it? Hopeless, and well, basically, we're normalized to have a crisis in our life, and I, I don't think it's a, a good. Um, ideal work for the LGBT people in Indonesia. And so I which not just um, we focusing on this bill to have a better uh, 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 article, um, but as well that we also move forward with the uh, how to the legislation uh, le uh, legislations anti-discrimination law 
uh, that will uh, acknowledge the sexual orientation and gender identity in that bill. So, because right now it will just uh, crisis after crisis for the LGBT people, and there is no hope, better future for us, and it's only crisis. It just like no hope and and hard to become numb and there's nothing you can do for for only crisis and <laughs> it's so dystopian dystopian future for us and hope that uh, with this bill for legislation anti-discrimination that comprehend comprehensive we hope that we can have at least not be not be discriminated for the uh, um public official or the society. That's, uh, I want to add, um, that's uh, probably my closing statement. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's important to um, remember that this bill, like the health bill, even if it is like, um, you know, encompasses, even if it encompasses a lot of things, it doesn't stand in a vacuum, as you mentioned. And also in, in, our, in our previous um, episode on this discussing the health bill is that it's tied to various uh, to various other bills. And pushing for this, like revising this, even if it is in front of our eyes, but also pushing for, like advocating for, uh, you know, more SOGIASI awareness, more, more like less discrimination towards trans people and, and towards queer people in general. Um, I think that's that's also uh, very important. Again, it moves hand in hand. You're completely right. We shouldn't be, you know, we shouldn't be <laughs> dealing with crisis all the time and then not moving forward, right? It's important to have hope, to have a community, to have, like, um, something to fall back on, knowing that you have something to fall back on whenever there's a crisis. But it's also important to, like, uh, yeah, to, to have really this sense of moving forward, pushing for changes, uh, advocating for, for changes here and there while maintaining uh, our community and collective care. And um, yeah, with that, I think it's a good note to end on. Uh, thank you so much for the discussion, uh, Mastama and Kariska. And that wraps up our discussion with Mario Prachna Pratama and Riska Karolina. Things might look bleak, but the most important thing to do right now is to keep raising awareness and not lose hope. Amplify the issues with your likes, reposts and retweets. Comment on the posts and threads, share the discussion with your circles, write about them, support the protests and help push for the advocacy efforts. It's extremely important for people, especially for queer people, trans people and all of our allies to understand the gravity of the health bill. Build movements, build solidarity, stay angry and push back. There's still time for now, but there might not be in the near future. And if push comes to shove, remember that we still have each other. My name is Bonibel Ramatan, and this has been Southeast Asia Dispatches. Brought to you by New Narrative and produced by Dania Yudo. I'll see you around.